Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. what your people what we need father my god every single day my lord my god and father i trust you lord god to pour out my father my god your spirit into me lord god your word into me my father my god father use me lord god as your oracle my father my god to heal the hearts, oh Lord God, the broken hearts, my Father, my God, to mend them, my Father, my God, to elevate your people, my Father, my God, to give to your people wisdom, my Lord, my God. Father, use me for whatever reason, my Father, my God, you, you find fit in this season, my Lord, my God. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, thank you, Pastor Ruben, um, for reminding us that we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful um, in the little um, that we have in, um, so that God can entrust us with, um, with more. Hallelujah. Um, today, I, 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 want, I, want to, I want us to share... Um, to share a word that probably most of you um, have heard before. Um, and that's, that's the word that the Bible calls the greatest gift. Hallelujah. And that is no other but love. Hallelujah. The Bible calls love the greatest gift. Amen. Um, we're just going to read, uh, probably everyone has read that scripture. Uh, that scripture um it's we're just going to read two or three verses uh it's in second corinthians chapter um sorry first corinthians chapter 13 i'm going to read from nkjv and it says the title is the greatest gift and it says though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels but I have not love i have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Can someone highlight nothing? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Hallelujah. And you can carry on reading in your own time up to verse 13. It talks about love, praise his holy name. Um, the God that we serve is love. Hallelujah. Amen. The God that we serve is love. And um, we are called to be Christ-like. Amen. Hallelujah. 
If we are called to be Christ-like, we cannot be Christ-like if we, we don't have the first thing that, that describes, the first thing that, that, that determines who God is. God is love. And everything that he does, everything that he gives you, everything that he has been, is in that package of love. Hallelujah. Amen. Is pulled out of that package of love. If, even, if, 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 even if we look at the beginning when God, when God created um, Eve, for, Eve, for example, it's because he looked at, 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 at Adam and he found him lonely. He found him lonely and he knew how important love is. So he created someone for him to love. Hallelujah. He could not love a lion. It wasn't fit for him. So he created someone to love. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, um, God himself sent Jesus or Jesus himself came because of love. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John um, 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believe in him may not perish, but have eternal life. But the reason why Jesus came is because God so loved the world. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, Paul said um, to the Corinthians that even if you speak um, the tongue, even if you speak the tongue of men and angels, even if... Um, <coughs> You can perform miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. If you do not have love, he did not say if you do not have, um, he said, even if you have, and, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. In other words, even if I'm greater than Solomon, for example, in terms of wisdom and knowledge, and even if I have prophecy, you know, when we hear that prophet so-and-so is in town and this prophet um, is someone that is known, we're not talking about small prophets. We're talking about um, Elijah type of prophets. Hallelujah. We, we, it, when we hear that they are in town, my friend, even if he goes to a church that nobody knows and it's broadcasted that he would be in that church on that day that church is not going to have enough room for the people hallelujah why because for some reason people want to know what god is saying although god can speak to people directly i'm a firm believer that he can speak to you and i directly but there is this culture of when there is a true prophet of God in town, um, people will, will go to hear what he has to say. Amen? So now Paul is saying that even if now you are that prophet, even if you have that gift of prophecy that is so accurate, so accurate that he can tell you to the last detail, even if you have that, and even if you have faith that can move mountains, 
but have not love, mm. I am nothing. Hey, yeah. my friend, this is some serious statement. He did not say that you, I have nothing. No, he said that I am nothing. Mm. Amen. There is nothing on this earth that is nothing. Do you understand? Being, okay, being nothing and being worthless is different, right? Mm. A bacteria in your stomach is worthless, right? It's worthless. It's only there to cause trouble. That's why they give you antibiotics to kill it. It's where it's not supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. A virus in your body is not necessary. It's, it's worthless. It's, as a matter of fact, it's not needed. That's why they give vaccines, right? Antivirus to kill it. Mm. Now, he's not saying that you are worthless. He's saying you are nothing. In other words, it's like you were never born. In other words, it's like you don't exist. You are below, or I am below a bacteria. Mm, mm, mm. I am below a virus if I have not love. Something that is worthless is something that exists, no need it, it exists, and because it exists, it even gets attention, right? Mm -hmm. It gets attention because people invest in getting rid of it, right? But if you have not love, you are below that. Mm. Now, that worried me. Mm. It worried me because you can have all the gifts. As we focus on the gifts, we, um, we tend to see people who are gifted as mm. the people who... Um, who are filled with the spirit of God, who are so close to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And when we talk to them, we talk to them as though we are talking to God himself. May God forgive us. Hallelujah. We humble ourselves to them so much. Why? Because they have that gift of God. But the gift of God and the fruit of the spirit, those are different. Jesus did not say that they will not ask by the gifts. He said that we recognize us if we bear fruits. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. They will know that we are of Christ because of the fruits, not because of the miracles. Hallelujah. Not because of the prophecy. Amen. Not because we speak in a particular way. But because of the fruits, if we bear fruits, hallelujah. And you cannot bear any other fruit if you don't begin by the fruit of God. Hallelujah. I always give example of, of Burundians and Rwandese. Not even Rwandese so much, but Burundians. I don't know Ugandans that well. So I can't, I can't give so much examples about Ugandans. But... Burundians, um, 
there is this demonic, um, I don't know if I'll call it tradition or habit, whereby um, we take pride in hiding that I don't like you. So he who can hide the most, mm. the lack of love, that one is good. I don't know where that came from. Hallelujah. Somehow, um, if I express my feelings and I show you what I don't like, somehow I'm weak. Hallelujah. But mm -hmm. if I, I hide it from you, then I'm a strong person. Amen. And by doing so, we forget to love. And if we look at what is love, the Bible does not ask us to love those who are good. Amen. The Bible does not ask us to love the lovable. It is, it is easy. It's so easy to love, um, to love your husband when, when he comes back from work with, with flowers. Whew, what a man. When it's easy, when he, it, it, when he, when he, he sweet talks to you, it's easy to love him. It's easy to love him when he's faithful. It's easy to love him when he loves his family, when, when, when he's a God-fearing man. But now, what do we do when he's not lovable? What do you do when your neighbor is not lovable? It's easy to love a neighbor that comes to visit with pieces of eyes, right? It's easy to love your neighbor whom when he's mourning his garden, he looks over to yours and say, hey, I'm off tomorrow and I just finished to mourn my one. I know your husband is away at the moment. Um, do you want me when I finish to mourn my one to come and mourn your one? Wow the love for that neighbor on that day is going to go off the roof. But what are you going to do when you have the kind of neighbor who's, um, at some point, at some point, um, Sonia had a neighbor. Um, I have to give that example. She had a neighbor in the middle of summer. It's burning hot. And the neighbor would, obviously, they will, everyone opens the windows. And around... 10, this neighbor will start smoking weed. And on top of that, the music will go on. And it will be so until 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. Now, Sonia cannot sleep because if she closes her window, she suffocates. If she opens her windows, she suffocates. And she suffers from hay fever summertime. So already it's bad for her without the neighbor suffocating her one way or another, all the weather, either the, the neighbor all the weather, because even with a closed window, the, the smoke still gets in the room. And it won't even make her high. Not that she wanted to be high, but it won't even make her high. It was just annoying. Now, she will wake up the next day 
this neighbor was not working. She will wake up the next day and go to work. And you meet her around 10. She looks like someone who was raving all night. And, but she has to go to work looking like that because of a neighbor. Now, the first night can call on to the Holy Spirit. Give me grace to endure. But my friend, one week later, you want to pull every single hair on her head. Now, what do we do? What do you do in that kind of situation? What do you do with that kind of neighbor? Do you pray that the fire comes from heaven and strike her? Do you pray that for some reason the police comes and she's jailed for the rest of the summer so that at least you can sleep? What do you do? What do you do when that person is not lovable? Have you ever been in a situation where someone is like some, someone is on a mission to push mm. you to not love them? Nigerians ask, who sent you? It's like this person is on a mission. No matter what you do, the holier you try to get, the more wicked they become. Hallelujah. Now, what do you do? If it's a neighbor, if it's a neighbor, you can, you can ignore, you can pray for the person, you can go in love and say, I'm begging you. Can you smoke during the day while I'm at work? Can you do this? Can you do that? And if that doesn't work, come some, because some neighbors, we've, we, we all, we've all had those neighbors one, one day or another. There are some neighbors, when you talk to them, it's like you're talking to a wall. Then you, you begin to intercede. Because what we tend to forget is that one day, one day, we did not know Jesus. Hallelujah. And even now that we know Jesus, we still act in certain ways sometimes when character comes back up. Amen? Amen? So we forget that neighbor is struggling with drugs. But you, the Christian, may be struggling with something else. As we are all on this journey of transformation. Hallelujah. What the neighbor struggles with is not what you struggle with. The only difference is the, is the grace of God upon your life. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit, if you obey him, he will reveal to you where you need to change. That is the only difference. Amen. Now, imagine there are families, there are homes, you live in the same roof with your parent and children don't know their parents. In the same home, the husband doesn't love the wife anymore. In the same home, the wife doesn't love the husband anymore. But because we are Christian, we have to stick together. If not for Christ, for the sake of everyone looking at us. 
May God forgive us. And there is nothing, nothing that wife can do that will turn the heart of her husband back again and look at her. Yet the husband is a pastor and preaches day and night at a church. Hallelujah. But there is no love in him. If you cannot love your wife, my friend, how can you love um, someone you meet at church Sunday only? If you cannot love your own child, how can you love God? Amen? And we lie to ourselves and we even quote scriptures that are totally irrelevant. Totally ir irrelevant. You, 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 you see... <laughs> Jesus said that every um, branch that does not bear fruit, my father will prune it. My friend, he did not say every friend that is not bearing fruit in your life will prune. He said, my father will prune, not you. And he was not talking about people. Hallelujah. He was not telling you, go and start Removing this friend who told you that your wig was not looking good on you. He did not say, um, remove this friend who gave a compliment to your wife. That's not what he said. That's not what he was talking about. Hallelujah. But we use that scripture. At least I used to use it. Every time I was trying to remove people from my life. I say, I don't need that person anymore. I don't need, I don't, do you know what? I don't hate that person, but I don't want that person in my life. Can you imagine if Jesus was to say, I don't hate you, but I don't need you in my life. <laughs> my friend, who will be on this altar today? Who? It's love that made Jesus look at the people when he was on the cross and he took mercy. You cannot have mercy unless you have love. You cannot. You cannot intercede or pray for someone unless you love the person. Otherwise, that love, is that prayer is just religious. Before you pray for the next person, Pray that you have you find the love in your heart to pray for that person. You are on your knees praying for your manager to change, yet day and night you curse the manager. That's not prayer. Begin by loving the manager. I remember um, a few years back, about five, no, no, actually, about eight years ago, I had bad manager. When I say a bad manager, I'm telling you someone who was in my case. This manager drove me to some sort of depression. Um, and I spent energy praying for God to remove her. I spent energy scriptures. Your en my enemies, your enemies will be my enemies. I will fight your battles. Um, in a blink of an eye, the wicked is no more. Yes, those verses are true. But also the verse that says, 
love thy neighbor. Jesus says, um, Jesus says, um, is it in, 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 in John, uh, mm-hmm. in John 13, 34, Jesus left us with one command. This I command you to love one another. Don't love them when they are good. No, 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 no. Love one another. There was no condition. There was no description of how the person should be. But love one another. So I spent months huffing, huffing and puffing about this issue. Then one day the Spirit of the Lord say, I love the Spirit of the Lord. Said, my child, you were praying wrongly. Say, pray for your heart. Pray for your heart that you find in it forgiveness, number one. Forgive that person. But before that, pray that you love her. So I changed my prayer. I started speaking to my heart because the Spirit of the Lord revealed to me that I had planted the wrong seed in my heart. Hallelujah. I, who is called to be Christ-like, have planted the seed of the enemy in my heart, which is eight. And I thought I just disliked her. But my friend, there is no ground between hate and love. You either love or you don't. So this thing of saying that I'm indifferent, no, you don't like the person. Let's not be political about it. You either love or you don't. Hallelujah. Jesus disliked the Pharisees' behavior, but he loved them. Because when he said, when he looked at everyone and took pity on them and said, Father, forgive them not, for they do not know what they do. The Pharisees were among them because they were the ones that caused him to go on the cross. They were the ones that, that, that plotted against him. So when he looked at the people, he looked at the Pharisees as well. And it's because of love that he said, have mercy on them, Father. So he loved everyone. He dislikes evil do evil acts. Hallelujah. Because when he looks at people, when he looks at us, he does not see the devil in us. He's, he does not see us as being devils. He sees the spirit behind us. That's why he, t- he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. He loved Peter. But there was a spirit behind Peter. Hallelujah. So the, the spirit of the Lord changed the way I pray. And that changed the way I pray. And I started loving the woman. Now behold, one day I'm sleeping at night. The spirit of the Lord wakes me up. I woke up. And he said, um, I said, I thought there was an attack on my house. So I went down, I prayed, I went in every room, a sitting room, went back upstairs and slept. And after sleeping, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw that manager being sacked with his holy name. Um, I woke up and the spirit of the Lord told me, first thing, go tell her. I said, nah, even if you tie me, that I'm not doing. Spirit of the Lord, you say you will do it. 
So I wrestled. I wrestled with it. Then in the end, I went and I told her, look. But then by then we had a better relationship. Hallelujah. We had a better relationship. And I'm telling you, why you still have that bitterness in you? Why will you still have that anger in you? You have two options. Either repent, change, start loving in order for you to see change. Or it's okay, you have time, continue. Carry on. Carry on quoting every scripture in the Bible. But I'm telling you, where there is no love, there is no God. I said, where there is no love, there is no God. I don't care if you can pray and mountains move. I don't care if you can lay hands on the dead and they wake up. If you have no love, you are nothing. If I have no love, I am nothing. Not that I have, no. Having is another thing. I am nothing. If I'm nothing, then I can't have. Amen? Simple. Now, in this, in, in this few minutes that I left anyway, to cut the story short, I spoke to her. I told her, um, this is what I saw. I don't know if you're a believer. She said, um, I grew up in the Salvation Army or not. I don't even know what that means. Um, I have some level of belief, but don't worry about it. Um, I know people are plotting against me, but nothing is going to happen to me because I'm, I have people in this company. No one can touch me. I said, okay. I said, okay. I said, whatever it is, huh? pray about it. She said, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. I'm safe. Okay. Anyway, I prayed for her as the spirit of the Lord led me. I prayed for her um, because what the Lord was after was her heart. So I prayed for her, I prayed, for, I prayed that she, she, she comes to know Jesus, she changes and whatnot. Went on a holiday, came back. The first person who told me that she was leaving the company was herself. Now, what am I why am I telling you this? Because some of you, some of you have been unable to love and you are justifying the reason why you cannot love. My friend, the devil will always give you a reason not to love. Let's go in the book of, 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 of Jonah. Um, let's have a look. We, we all know the story of Jonah, right? Um, let's look at the book of Jonah. Uh, we're going to look at chapter four. Yeah. Um, we're going to look at verse Three. Just the background, I'm sure everyone knows the story of Jonah. Jonah, um, one of the sm small prophets. Uh, there is one tradition of the Jewish that says that um, Jonah was the son of the widow of um, Zarephath, um, whom Elijah raised from the dead. I don't know how true that is. Now, Jonah, Jonah had a deep, passionate, um, hatred for the people of Nineveh. I tried to understand um, why Jonah will go to the extent of, um, because I tried to understand where was Nineveh and where was Jonah going. 
Um, Ninev, I, I, I googled what the what 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 would be Ninev in this day and age. Where is that place? Because places changed names with time, right? They changed names. Uh, some of them kept their names. Others changed names. Now, Nineveh is a town in Iraq, the actual Iraq, right? It's it's a place in Iraq, and where Jonah was going from from where he was, instead of going few miles to Iraq, Nineveh. He boarded a boat to go all the way to one of the islands in Spain. Thousands of miles away. We're not talking about Morocco to Spain. Uh, we're talking about Nineveh and Spain, Iraq and Spain. Right? Now, I was like, why? Why to a point that when he repent, when when the people of Nineveh, the story you know, you all know the story. God told him go and tell the people of Nineveh that in forty days, um, in forty days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. So, in other words, God is coming against Nineveh. Instead of going to warn the people, he took the opposite direction. And by doing so, not only himself, he's becoming obedient, disobedient to God, putting himself in danger against God, looking somehow for a judgment over his life himself. But yet he balanced all of that. He was a prophet. He knew what he was doing. So he balanced all of that. Yet he went. And I said, what made him hate Nineveh so much that he even put his life online? Because surely he hated Nineveh. Surely he wanted Nineveh to perish. Hallelujah. That's why he didn't want to bring the message to Nineveh. Nineveh was a very powerful um, kingdom. The people of Nineveh were really powerful and they had oppressed. History says that they had oppressed um, the children of Israel for years. They, had, they would come to their camp and kill them. They would take their children, they would take their wives, they would take their men. They were powerful. They, they couldn't stand against them. So he hates, he hated them. Now, we know the story, a whale swallowed him, uh, and this whale traveled back. Miles spat him on the shoulders. And the Bible tells me that he walked, he was, he walked three days to get to Nineveh. So this time around, he went to Nineveh. He shouted, proclaimed the news like John did, John the Baptist. 
He said, repent because Nineveh will be overthrown in 40 days. Hallelujah. That's in Jonah 3, um, verse 4. Now, if we go, if you read, you will read yourself, or if you know your story, you know that the, the king of Nineveh heard of that and he commanded that everyone, although they were wicked, somehow they got, they, they were, they feared and um, they repented and they started to, um, they, they, they tore their clothes. Um, he said, uh, let, this is a decree that the king made. He said, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth um, and cry mildly to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish, praise his holy name. So they repented. To cut the story short, they repented. And God took mercy. Why? Because he is a merciful God. Yes, they had killed his people. And yes, the enemies of his people are his enemies. Yes, but at the same time, he is full of mercy. Hallelujah. He is full of love. He is love. If you're going to take anything out of this, this, this morning, be reminded that God is love. He knows what your enemies did to you. He knows. He knows that you were abused as a child. And he knows that the person who abused you went on about his life. He knows. And he knows that you still have nightmares. But until you decide to let go and say, God, help me let go. The Bible tells us that love does not keep account. It doesn't. So when we are counting, when we are saying he did this, he did that. Already there is not love. He doesn't, love does not keep account. Hallelujah. It doesn't. You have, you have to let go in order for you to stop having nightmares. Am I preaching to someone? You have to let go in order for you to start loving again. You, you haven't been in a relationship because someone somewhere hurt you. And now you can't love anymore. And yet you want to be loved. You cannot have what you are not giving. Because I tell you and I promise you, every single creature, including cats and dogs, want to be loved. Why? Because he who created them is love. So that's why there is in us this thing that long for love. From birth, a child who is born, they tell you, put the child on the mother's chest. Why? Contact. So that the child 
from that traumatic experience of coming out of, of the womb, because it's a traumatic, um, psychologists say it's a traumatic experience for babies. That's why they tell you to put the baby there, to calm them, to let them feel that first love, to comfort them. Hallelujah. So if someone who cannot think, if someone who doesn't know what feelings are, is looking for love, you think you're going to find a man who's going to give you all the love that you did not have from your childhood. That man is Jesus. Only Jesus can do that. No son of a man can do that. No matter how loving he is, no son of a man can do that. And sometimes we come with burdens. We've been burned. We've been hurt by other people. And we come in marriage. Am I preaching to someone? Time is going. We come into marriage and we expect our partners to fix the hurt and shame and the lack of love that we experienced in our past. I have bad news for you. No son of a man can do that. Only Jesus can heal your heart. Only Jesus can teach you how to love. Only Jesus can give you love. So start, start asking God to show you what love is. Some of us don't even have a clue of what love is. We, whew, we look at what, what the movies show us as love and we have that feeling that that's what is love. I'm telling you, when God wants me to pray, every time God had, has called me to pray for someone, particularly, I am sleeping or I am, I, I am praying for, for other things and then God calls me to pray for a person. The first thing God did, he filled me with love for that person. It did not matter who that person was. He filled me with love for that person. And my heart, it's only when you are filled with love that then you can spiritually connect with the person and understand the hurt and understand the pain. Unless you have that love, you can pray for a woman who hasn't had children, but you will not feel the pain or understand the pain she's going through unless you are filled with love. So there has to be love in you in order for you to move mountains, in order for you and I to do wonders. Praise the holy name. Now, Jonah, Jonah went ahead. They repented. Ah, Jonah hated it. He hated it. He hated it because he knew that God he knew that the word of God says that in a blink of an eye, the, end, the wicked is no more. And he was maybe bargaining on that word that in 40 days, Nineveh will not be. But he also knew that he is full of love and slow to answer. And that was a side of God that we don't, he didn't like. Isn't it amazing when we want God to be full of love, full of mercy and slow to anger towards us, our children, our family, our loved ones. But when it comes to our neighbor, we want the God of vengeance. 
Hallelujah. We want the God that says in the blink of an eye, the wicked is no more. Isn't that wicked itself? Hallelujah. How can we want God to be merciful to our family member when he has been um, convicted of murder by someone who has stolen a few thousand pounds from you? That person deserves death. Thank God. One day, uh, it was one day, Pastor Ruben said in Shiloh Tabernacle, he said, thank God, God is not like you and God is not like me. How true. Thank God he's not like you. Thank God he's not like me. Thank God he's not you. Thank God he's not me. Amen. Thank God he is just. Thank God he is love. Thank God he is slow to anger. Thank God he is, he is full of love and mercy for his people. So Jonah was so angry that he wished for his own death. He said, verse 3, chapter 4, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. What? Indeed, Pastor, he said, thank God you are not God, otherwise I won't be standing here. Hallelujah. Now Jonah is saying it is, death is better for me. Instead of you saving Nineveh, it's okay, kill me. I'm worth nothing. You see? You see? This is a proof of someone who is worth nothing. His own life is worth nothing. Why? Because there is no love in him. Himself with his mouth, he confesses it. He confesses it. He said, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. I am nothing. Better I die. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. There are some of us, we hear, we are praying. Maybe the day you will start interceding for that woman, who is on your husband's case? That woman who has made your, the eyes of your, of your husband turn the other side. Maybe if you start praying for her. Because she is also a victim of the eve of the devil. So if you, maybe if you start, it's funny, it's funny when, 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 <laughs> it's funny when you hear women praying, no, women talking. And, and we both know that this guy, this guy is like every single thing that moves, he's after it. But somehow, when she's talking about her husband, all the women are wicked. Really? Okay, the first one was wicked. The second one was wicked. My friend, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh. So your husband is innocent. He's like a sheep that they pull and take to, to, to the butcher. It takes two to tango. So maybe change the way you pray. Maybe start praying. If it's the first time, maybe start praying for that woman. Pray for her. Ask God to reveal to you 
what is that is causing her to be that way? Ask God to reveal to you what is that has caused your husband to turn? Has he been bewitched? Or is it because they are both victims? Pray. Start loving. Intercede. And you cannot intercede unless you love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You cursing her and quoting every single um, every single verse in the Bible, all that says, oh, my enemies, they will be drunk with their own blood. They will be filled uh, with their own flesh. <laughs> my friend, calm down. Jesus wants to save her as much as he wanted to save you. He wants to save her as much as he wants to save your husband. So start praying for the soul. Start praying for her to know Jesus so that she will turn from her wicked ways. Hello? Uh -huh. Stop sending honest to them. Thank you, Pastor. Start sending love towards her way. Maybe no one ever told her she was beautiful. And the first person who told her she was beautiful was your husband. And like that, she took him. Repent. Love, pray for him so that she may see light. We, when we were praying earlier, we said light came, the world comprehended not. Pray that light comes to her and that she will comprehend it. She will accept Jesus in her life. Now we see Nineveh who spent three days, three days, in the belly of a whale. And we see Jesus in Matthew 12, 40, you will read it yourself, who spent three days, one spent three days in the belly of a whale because of hatred. Jesus said the same way Jonas, Jonas spent three days in the whale. So the son of man shall spend three days in the earth. One, because of hatred. And out of it, he got nothing. The other one, because of love, he was in the ground for three days. And guess what he came out with? Glory. Choose wisely. There is no glory in hatred. There is no glory in not loving. But there is glory in loving. There is glory in loving those that persecute you. The, Jesus said, love those that persecute you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He says, love those that persecute you. Love your enemies so that you may be uh, it's in it's in verse uh, Matthew 5, 43, 45. He says, um, to love our enemies. And he goes on to saying that um, by doing so, we may be children of our father who is in heaven. <laughs> by loving your enemies, my friend. Belize, by loving your enemies. 
by loving your enemies, by loving those who hurt you when you were little, by loving them and praying for them so that the same marvelous light that shined in your life may shine in days too. By doing so, you will be like your father. Now, in, in I believe it's second, uh, second Corinthians. One second, this is the last one we are reading and then, and then we pray. Um, uh-huh. Second Corinthians um, three three eighteen. Don't have to bear with me. Uh huh. Three eighteen. I'm almost done. 318, he says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things, no, that's not it. That's that. Oh. oh, sorry, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking at four. Now, 18. Uh, verse chapter three, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just by, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. In my French version, it says that, um, mm -hmm. it's by looking Looking such as in the mirror, by looking at the glory of God, hallelujah. We cannot look at the glory of Jesus Christ, which came from the cross, which is a result of love, without seeing love. And by looking at that glory, we are transformed. Now, by looking at the cross, you and I are transformed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. By looking at it. So we cannot walk, we cannot look at the cross, we cannot look at Jesus and not be transformed. Hallelujah. So I'm going to finish, I'm going to stop here because time is going and people are going back to work. I'm going to stop here and I'm going to finish by saying, if you're going to remember anything, anything at all, remember that your father is love. And remember that you cannot love him unless you love thy neighbor. So we're going to pray within, within these l- l- last few minutes. If you can unmute yourself, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that we are filled with God's love. Hallelujah. We're going to pray that the spirit of the Lord will continue to minister to each and every one of us. And show us where we lack love. Whether it's for for the family, whether it's for the neighbor, whatever it is, whether it's for the people who hurt us in the past, whether it's for the people who are hurting us now, it doesn't matter where you like to love. It doesn't matter where they, you look. You looked at the glory of Jesus Christ and you were not transformed. Whatever you were not transformed, we're going to pray for that. Hallelujah.
Thank you so much for listening to this sermon, and I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website, www.shiloh.org.uk. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, God bless.